0: on today's player pool. I'm going to say it a lot in this pod, but this main slate is thick with two C's. We're going to do as best we can to eat through all these choices. It's it's a big one. It really is. We're also going to talk about the timeline of now to next week through the Thanksgiving week. Our Thanksgiving special episode will come out Tuesday morning, but you were going to be squeezed by so many different time commitments next week. So, I just briefly talked about how it's now is the time to kind of calendar your your moments to build lineups. Other than that, this slate is so big, it requires multiple floaties, but it's still welcome in the pool. Let's go. It's the Player Pool Podcast with your host, Austin Raboyne. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Player Pool Podcasts. I'm happy you're here. I hope you guys are happy as well. If you haven't already, make sure you are following and subscribing to us on social media and on the podcast platforms, Apple and Spotify, social media at player pool pod. Just put us in there. We're your partner. We're your friend. We're going to guide you through the rest of this fantasy season, especially this crazy big thick week 11 main slate. Yeah. We'll get to it, but right away, I'm just going to say, I'm going to warn you, this slate is thick. Thanksgiving is next week, but it looks like this slate already helped himself to a couple portions of Thanksgiving dinner. So many quarterbacks, which equals so many lineups. It's going to be a lot. We're going to do everything we can today to help cut through some of this thickness, get you at least a good starting spot, roll over some of the speed bumps ahead. But before we get to that, we are approaching... One of my favorite weeks of the DFS and NFL season, which is the Thanksgiving week with three games on Thanksgiving Day on Thursday, followed by a main slate just two and a half short days later. So, I want to talk right now about time management because that, preparing for the Thanksgiving slate, begins today. Today, it's Friday when this episode drops, so if you're listening on Friday or if it's Saturday, you need to, if you're going to survive and not put a bunch of half-ass effort into your player pool construction and lineup building, which I will tell you, the reason that bettors are normally behind the house and the house always wins, number one is that like 95% of the players don't put their best effort in. There's a lot of lazy in bettors, right? Because, hey, think about what we're doing here. It's gambling, and you can make a lot of money quick, and every guy in the world, every bum in the world has a get-rich-quick scheme. So that, that, uh, you know, ability for us to procrastinate, to kind of be lazy, it's definitely inherent in all of us. And if that's you, I'm telling you, as you head into next week, you could very well get yourself zeroed out in two slates over four days. So if you're going to participate, if you're playing the bankroll amount that I've coached you to play, please, please, please do not phone it in, or at least scale your play Uh, Amount back just a little bit because I've had it before where I kind of the week kind of cut up on me a couple years ago and I kind of gave like a kind of like a half effort here on a Thursday and another half effort on Sunday just to get it out there just so I could participate because I just want to play I just want to be in it I get it like I can relate to all that stuff but I'm telling you if you're not doing your full effort which by now I mean what we've done ten weeks some of us have done ten weeks together in this you guys have had that week where you've been like yeah kind of kind of got busy with the family, kind of had people over. We were traveling, put some lineups, you know, the morning of, you know, put some lineups together Sunday morning and got slammed. And when I did my review, you know, you look back and you realize, yeah, it's because I just straight up didn't put enough time in. So I'm going to coach a little bit of time management and it starts today because look at the calendar. You know, you're going to prepare and you're going to play the Sunday main slate. And then Tuesday is when the Thanksgiving show for the player pool is going to drop. You'll have – if you listen to that show right on Tuesday morning, you'll have yourself about eh, two days, three maybe, if you get right to it, before you're on top of Thanksgiving. Then, once Thanksgiving is over, think of everything you got to do. Some of you guys are driving around. you know. Some of you guys are hosting. You may straight up not be able to sit down for three hours and look at fantasy football. Your wife may not allow it. Okay, wife, significant other, husband, whatever. So, so what I encourage you to do today is look at the calendar think after tuesday morning where are the slots of where am i going to build my player pool and where am i going to do my lineup construction and i'll tell you this my plan is tuesday morning shows go to drop and then i'm going to build my lineups hopefully have them done by tuesday afternoon followed up by a couple tweaks for wednesday and then by thursday I'm going to already be thinking about the main slate and enjoying everything going on on the Thursday slates. For me as the person who's got to put the podcast out, I also have to figure out between now and next week how I'm fitting in more recording time for the Friday show to get us ready for week 12's main slate. So, it's you got to have some foresight today to get through next week. And I'm just I want you to at least give yourself an, a chance, just a little look see and peek at that calendar now wherever you're at. And even, I mean, hell, put a Google reminder there in your Gmail calendar or add yourself as like block it off a little bit just to make it all make sense. So a little bit of a ramble, but again, I think we can all relate to getting crunched with time. So. A lot of this season, I've kind of just put things out here and been like, hey, this is a great example. This is a good opportunity for you guys to go push through this and figure this aspect of DFS out. I believe like you have to rep things out to really get better. So if we are to carry this into next year and the year after and continue, continue to get better, this Thanksgiving week approaching is the best chance I have to really make you sit down and, and cold steel handle a true time crunch that you can foresee right? This is the time crunch with the holidays approaching. You can see coming ahead ahead of time. So what great practice do we have right now to sit down today, tomorrow and say, look ahead at the week ahead of us and go, nope, get my work in here and here and there. Like, I think that just be, that would be so smart. Otherwise, if you're not really willing to put in the the time management and really block that off. Give yourself a chance. I I really would encourage you to either play very minimal, basically just participate if you feel that way, or even take these slates off. Because, again, nothing is more uh, harsh on your confidence as the DFS player, which your confidence is very important. And nothing is more harsh on your confidence than taking two big, fat zeros in four days. So just want to put that out ahead. So. All right, couple of uh, themes, couple of thoughts. Looking at this slate, I don't know if the microphone's picking it up. I'm literally flipping open my player pool. I'm going to say it again. This boy thick. This main slate is big. Now, it's really not big in terms of running backs, wide receiver options. But it is so big in the quarterback column, unlike most weeks, which I'm, I am very stingy. Very stingy on what quarterbacks make my player pool. But even without Mahomes on the main slate, by God, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks. At least I do. Eight quarterbacks in my pool. Six of them are highlighted as preferred. So that means I'm at least playing six lineups. Now, why does that make the slate pick if I have that many quarterbacks? Because our process and how we do things, right? We start with our quarterback pick. We make a decision. Are we stacking or is he naked? The stacked quarterbacks, which is what I gravitate to, then require their own lineup, and then you're also running through all these options. So to have six preferred quarterbacks highlighted, that means before I even see who I can't get in, I'm going to be at my limit of lineups that I want to play in the week. So I am sitting here and I am praying that it's going to flow correctly. And I'm definitely, if you can't tell, I'm obviously at that stage where I haven't started building yet. I'm just looking at my pool and I'm definitely feeling overwhelmed. So you're going to feel that at some point this week too, but I'm pretty excited to just see how deep can this player pool really take me? I will tell you the player pool, the pool itself has a capacity limit. And when enough options, you know, when the options become infinite, or just crazy amounts, you know, there's just so many different combinations that can win. The player pool does, can, I think, lose its effectiveness. So this week will be a pretty big test of that. What is the true limit of the player pool? Playing six different quarterbacks is going to be interesting. And I'm, a couple hours ago, I kind of thought about maybe this is the week that I take off in week 11. Because, you know, given the big week we have next week with two slates to play, You know, it would make sense. Take a little breather and stuff. But then I just, I'm a competitive guy. And I saw this and I really want to test the player pool's limits with this many quarterbacks. I've never, ever played six quarterbacks on one single slate. So we're going to try it this week. But that's, I mean, that's just what makes a slate fat is the amount of quarterbacks. Um, I hope the flow Works out well. We have a lot of new people to the table, a lot of new players coming to the table this week. Kyler Murray's back. That changes the Arizona Cardinals a bit. A lot of quarterbacks that are on fire that are rolling right into cupcake matchups. It's it's has all the makings to be a, even a higher scoring week than than last week, truly. So let's get to some Sunday situations, and then we'll carry it into a complete Week 11 preview. There's a lot of very juicy matchups on the slate this week. A lot of them are going to jump out to you. As I was building my pool, I was like, ooh, this game, ooh, that game, ooh, this game. And I I ended up, because there's so many, I ended up actually making a list in my player pool just to make sure I didn't get too far away. But one of the first matchups that will make you think, yeah, yeah, it's going to be this Bears-Lions game. The Bears are still carrying a reputation of Swiss g's defense not quite but they're definitely below league average still so the question really will come to you know what you're doing with her and i'll say brown but what about jameer gibbs and with david montgomery back interestingly enough as of today gibbs is projected for pretty sturdy ownership between eight and fourteen percent depending on what you're looking at now Montgomery, who has who was back last week, put up a great game last week statistically, he is not projected for any ownership at all. I think that new new is always better. And that newness of Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, people just want to be in on that party. And I mean he's I mean he's blown it up the last couple of weeks anyway. Even last week when Montgomery still having a great game, Gibbs out touches him and scores two touchdowns. So Gibbs is on his way, it looks like, to being a slate breaking running back unless The Lions decide that they like their two-headed monster over a featured running back. And knowing the Lions' history, I'm not going to fall for a couple weeks of great Gibbs and think that the Lions are going to go back on a couple years now of Dan Campbell and a two-headed running back. So I think this week for me, I actually kind of want to stay away except for this matchup. I like Justin Fields and I like Justin Fields. Paired with Cole Komet. Now, I know some of you guys may be thinking, Fields has screwed us this year. He's coming back from injury. What do you know? What do you know? Why aren't we doing a wait and see here? I'll tell you why. Because the Bears are very likely to pick first overall next year. Justin Fields has a hand issue. His conditioning and cardio, he's going to be fine in that regard. But his hand injury... Think about this. When Justin Fields drops back to pass, he already feels a little less confident in his accuracy or with his hand. And the rush is coming. He's going to try to run more. It's just my theory. I think he's going to try to produce. He's going to try to have some star player games. So to quiet the noise of being replaced potentially next year. If I'm Justin Fields' agent, that's exactly what I'm telling him in his ear. Listen, lone wolf it, be a GD superstar, be a stat hero, fill up the stat sheet, make yourself irreplaceable. And I just think I think that's kind of what's going to carry Justin Fields. So given that, given that there's a good stack partner with Justin Fields, you can do Fields with Komet, it's making me actually kind of want to dabble and play one David Montgomery. Because why, everybody? Because... I'm going to put 1% belief into the revenge narrative a little bit for David Montgomery against his old team, the Chicago Bears. Now, I don't actually believe, for the most part, in revenge narratives in pro sports. I mean, what's the revenge that David Montgomery really holds in his heart to the Chicago Bears? That they drafted him, they played him a bunch, they paid him a lot of money, and then he was able to go to a better team you know, and win more football games? I don't actually know or think that there's any really resentment <laughs> for... You know, David Montgomery. Now, a situation with Tyree Kill and the Chiefs, 100% different, right? Tyree Kill, Super Bowl, you know, winner times two with them just to be traded as the party continues with them. I get that. Um, now, actually, I'm sorry. I think they only won one Super Bowl with them. But anyway, I get that type of revenge narrative. It doesn't seem to really apply here, though, with David Montgomery and the Bears. However, since this is a week with so many quarterbacks that you're playing, you're basically stacking every game. Uh, you know, that is possible with that quarterback just to cover people, just to make everything make sense as much as you can. It just makes sense with a little bit of unknown and knowing that Montgomery is going to be severely underowned, I kind of like the fields Montgomery Kemet stack this week to a certain degree. So if I change my mind between now and kickoff Sunday, I will post it on Twitter. But as of right now, I actually think the way to solve the Gibbs Montgomery is Dilemma is, if you must, stack Montgomery in the Chicago stack and move on. At the same time, if you're not a believer of anything I just said, leave this Lions backfield alone. It shouldn't be so highly owned that if you miss the party, you miss the money automatically. The next situation is the Dallas Cowboys, and most notably, Tony Pollard. I will tell you I'm going to do my best to have a lot of Pollard this week. 6,900. 6,900 has been sitting in games where his team scores 30, 40 points, yet he doesn't score any. I get it. But this season, more than any, has truly been an enormous amount of variance across the board. I have noticed a couple guys that have been in DFS for years and years alongside me on Twitter now. They are even posting at this point that this variance, this kind of the best outcome not actually being realized consistently over the first 10 weeks of the season has really shaken their confidence for me. I definitely went through a bout of shaking confidence through like weeks one through four. Uh, but even looking back now, I'm seeing that even in the shaking confidence, man, was I landing a lot of lineups right around the, right around the base of the top here. So it's been a weird, it's been a weird season. And then we have Tony Pollard who is getting 20 plus touches a game And cannot break through. The Dallas Cowboys, whether they're good or not, still remains to be seen. They are on a cupcake schedule streak right now. And next up is this Carolina Panthers team. So, how do you deal with the Dallas Cowboys? You treat them like they're the the Cincinnati Bengals this week. You are playing all the Cowboys this week, including Dak. Yes, Dak Prescott even made my quarterback player pool and got highlighted. I'm terrified. So, (laughs) one way to handle this game, I think, this week... Dak, CeeDee Lamb, if you want some run back over there, the only one you can on the Panthers to me is Thielen. And then in a separate lineup, find yourself some Pollard. I don't think Pollard does too well stacked with Dak. Looking just through this season, he's had two games where that would have made sense, and the rest, absolutely minimal receiving yards and targets made to Pollard. So I think Rico Dowdle is their targets running back, third down passing back, for whatever reason. Uh, so that's how I'd handle the Dallas Cowboys this week. It's a little cheeky stack. I think it's a very small stack, but it, you're also getting access to a slate breaker in Ceedee Lamb. So uh, the the Dak Ceedee Lamb stack with maybe some Thielen, maybe not. I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of Thielen myself. That's just the, one of the smaller stacks of the week, but you got to do it. The Cowboys, whether they're good or not, we don't know, but they're definitely just playing the league lows right now. They're gonna crush them. And the last situation I'm going to address is this Arizona Cardinals-Houston Texans game. One of the highest projected totals on this slate. It's going to be a monster game. And we'll cover it a little bit in the preview. But I, you really got to get in deep on it now. Because between this game, to me, you at least have Kyler Murray and McBride on one side. And then Stroud and three to four pass catchers on the other. So how do you deal with that? And then also remember, Devin Singletary. 30 carries last week. He is the guy until Damian Pierce is back at least. And you got to play him. He's at a good price this week still. Just $6,500. And a good matchup against this Arizona Cardinals defense. So a lot of pieces are going to be played in this, in this. And you're not going to be able to stack and get to every piece. So you're going to have to make a decision. One thing that's kind of helping us though this week I will say is is that Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Noah Brown are the options you want, especially if you're playing Stroud. But you can also run them back against Kyler. However, Noah Brown, hurt ankle, didn't practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. So Friday afternoon, check the practice report. And if Noah Brown did not practice, he's been a gem for us for the last couple weeks. But it would be nice if he sat this game out, although best to his health. Let me just go ahead and make my disclaimer. This is a fantasy DFS harsh DFS reality only take. I hope he's healthy and, and goes to the Hall of Fame. But if Noah Brown doesn't play this week, definitely makes this game a lot more easier to touch, to, to really get around. Robert Woods will step up. But he is not the explosive big target player that that Noah Brown is. So if Robert Woods is in here, maybe he's a dart value play that you could even play in other lineups outside of these stacks. But I don't think he's the same caliber as Noah Brown. He's more like the player you root against while you're rooting for the player for the ball to go to Nico Collins and take Dell. I think that's kind of how I'm viewing Robert Woods this week. Unless, again, like I said, in a completely unrelated separate line, he's just my big value plug-and-play. But don't be afraid, again, to really stack this game back and forth. I did just realize I have Kyler and Stroud in here, both highlighted as preferred. I definitely will try to experiment with if I can get and I've done this before, but when you got a rushing quarterback like Kyler, you can play the the rusher naked and then play the other quarterback's friends stacked against him. And sometimes that's an easy way to to get you know the best of both worlds because if it gets into a shootout, it's both quarterbacks are going to be high scoring. And even if you're not playing the highest scoring quarterback, in my experience, which I've won GPPs like actual GPPs in this exact situation. If it's successful, how it'll look is the naked rushing quarterback will be a few points below the pass-oriented quarterback, so that would be Stroud in this example, is able to get enough points to his receivers, and then you're still able to cover your exposures and play that naked play. Basically, kill two birds with one stone at the quarterback level. Really, if it gets into a shootout, the quarterback points difference will be five or less. And that's been my experience across two different GPP wins that kind of were shaped up like these games. I think I said this that was the last situation but I'm going to add one more. With so many options this week, even looking at projected ownership, pretty pretty low overall projected ownership across the board like everybody's kind of in that 12-ish range. Normally we have a few guys in the 8 high teens and some in the high 20s at least. It's pretty level in ownership this week above all. If you have a identified slate breaker in your player pool, you cannot you cannot, I will say it again, you cannot miss them this week. Because if only one of them really has their day, that's all it's going to take to take the slate completely. So don't miss out on your big slate breakers this week. Make them make sense. And that that means Christian McCaffrey still at 10000 It's, I said it, it's a thick slate. It's thick. All right, preview time. All right, taking a look at week 11 main slate here. I'm going to... Try to comment in light of the enormous slate, at least that I think we have. Again, no difference in terms of size of running back or wide receiver pools, which I know you guys really key on. But to me, you really should the indicator for how much you're gonna have to do is is your quarterback column, at least in my opinion. So I'm gonna commentate as if yes, yeah, so we have a big old slate ahead of us. First game, Bears at Lions, pretty high projected total, forty-seven and a half points like this game a lot in a lot of different ways. Initially, I wrote Jared Goff down on my uh, player pool, but eh, with so many options, I don't need, you know, Kirk Cousins Plus as well. So Justin Fields, I like him. He's got wheels. Again, I'm not going to treat four football games he played and where he sucked and erased the fact that he was the best rushing quarterback we have seen since Michael Vick. Last year, I mean, it's just it's just true. So, I'll always be on Justin Fields. 7400 definitely going to be a lineup where you can fit in a lot of these very well appropriately priced stud players. I think there's a lot of studs, not slate breakers, but a lot of studs this week that are very generously priced. I think you're going to be able to, once you get over the size of quarterbacks, you're going to be able to really load up your lineups a lot this week playing your cards right. So, I uh, love Justin Fields in this game. I don't love his his hand wrist situation uh, and how it joins up with DJ Moore. So if I have to, as I already mentioned, have to connect him with somebody, it's going to be Cole Komet. And it's not just the default pick with Cole Komet. Right before Justin Fields went down with this hand wrist injury against Minnesota, the two games prior, Justin Fields and Cole Komet's connection was really heating up against Denver. Komet had 24.1 fantasy points, Follow that up again at a bargain bin price the following week with 12.7. So I like it a lot. They were getting nine and five targets in those games, 14 targets in two games for a 5,400 tight end. 56, I think it is this week. That's pretty good. So it makes sense. So if I'm feeling like I absolutely have to stack. Now, this could be a situation where I initially begin the build as a as a stack of fields and commit. And then as I build it on later, I'll realize, nope, it's going to be a naked fields line because I need that extra salary out of the tight end position. So sometimes that's how I do it. Uh, but I, I think that's a smart way to approach the Bears this week. And then on the Detroit side, I mean, you're not dumb if you're playing golf and stacking him with Amon Rosset Brown. I will say, especially after watching the game last week, I think the person who is hurt when Montgomery comes back into the fold here and starts playing again is actually Sam Laporta because the Lions just got back to business on the ground because they can handle it, they can control it. So I think Laporta's targets leave the 12 target land. And I played Laporta last week because I was seeking those 10 to 12 targets. He didn't get anywhere close to that. And I just think, really, it's just Amon Ross St. Brown and the big old question mark, big old guess in terms of wide receiver, tight end pass catchers after that. So, to me, that's just why golf doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but you can play with golf, Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, that makes sense. It's very expensive. To me, it's just easier to kind of cover my bases with just some Amon Ross St. Brown. Remember, his brother's going to be on the other side of the ball This week, Equinamia, St. Brown plays for the bears as their wide receiver three. So that little factor, if that's important to you, uh, that'll be at play this week as well. All right, next game. And God, this game is going to be fun. Las Vegas Raiders going to Miami dolphins. I feel like, we shipped the Miami dolphins to like Germany or something. And I just, I don't know where they've been. I feel like they've been off the main slate for three weeks now, but uh, first, let's just start the Raiders real quick. Pretty simple. You got Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. Definitely shouldn't be in the same lineup. Uh, Definitely two single pieces that I think you need to just sprinkle a little bit around the slate. Followed that by Michael Mayer. He's not a stupid play at 4700 He's kind of like a Conquo in a way where you're playing 4700 tight end. You're hoping for four targets. You know, you live with what you get. But if you need that salary, that's a really nice place to start. And then you can enrich that tight end position from there. On the other side of the ball, I love two of this week. I love the Dolphins stack this week. But, and I should have thrown this in the Sunday situations. What do you do with Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain? Is A-Chain a cane? It's been a few weeks, like I said. So, Chad, my name corrector. uh, Chad or Max, please hit me up and and correct me and my unculturedness. But Devin A-Chain, he's back in the fold. And that's a big old wait and see for me there. Because Jeff Wilson and Salvin... Ahmed, Ahmed, oh God, Miami, Ahmed, Salvin, Mr. Salvin. All four of these running backs, to me, have gotten a little bit of playing time. And I don't think the Dolphins' plan is to really lean on 31-year-old Raheem Mostert-Heavy heading into the postseason with a lot of games that they need to win. So, eh, I don't really need it. And it's easy for me to cover the entire Dolphins with just a Tua, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell stack. So, I like that a lot this week. May toy with it a little bit. There's some very... uh, Appropriately priced run back options on the other side of this game. I mean, this game could be nuclear. The only thing that this game is honestly missing is that it's not in a dome. You know, it's going to be in Miami. Uh, but other than that, assuming good weather, I, I, the sky's the limit in that in that game completely. While we're up in the sky, there's always, uh, there's always a place to go, which is the ground. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns matchup this week, looks like in a very high scoring week, this is the Black Sheep. 32 and a half projected. Point total here, just nothing to talk about. Either defense is viable. You could look at Pat Fryer returning back. He's only five k, so I'll take a little look at that. But I'm not interested in David and Joku catching passes from, from Dorian Thompson Robinson. It's just, it's just a shit show on both sides. So not interested at all. Jalen Warren, if you got that uh, selection out of me last week, you're welcome. But as of now, sixty three hundred. It's just why. I mean, the Browns have the best defensive football. Just. Nowhere to go for fantasy next game. And this game will be this game. I promise you will be very underlooked. The chargers going to Lambeau field, play green Bay Packers, the West coast beach boys going to the frozen tundra, assuming the chargers can stay warm. It is a good matchup for both teams. I feel like Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Jalen Guyton over Quentin Johnson at this point. Very, very attractive to me. And then Jordan Love on the other side, say you can't afford the Herbert thing, say you're in love with this game, I could actually see where you're playing Jordan Love, kind of how I mentioned with Kyler Murray and Stroud's guys, but Jordan Love with some Chargers running it back on him. And what you're hoping for there is some cheap touchdowns connect, right? So maybe a Luke Musgraves at 5,200. Hell, even Christian Watson, who has played so terribly, he is the wide receiver one on the depth chart, but he is the – most cheap option of the three options there, 5700 for Christian Watson. So you actually have an ability here to have cheap quarterback, two cheap value plays that stack with them, and then two slate breakers on the other side with the Chargers. It's doable. What you're really banking on there is that the the uh, Packers can push through the Chargers' defense, and if you've watched any Chargers games lately, that's really not a hard thing to do. So. Big brain there. And I, actually, as I'm looking at it, maybe if I can trim back my Kyler Stroud line to just one, maybe I find my next line in this game. I really like this game a lot. Very, very underrated Dark Horse game this week for, for fantasy purposes only. All right, next game, Giants at Commanders. Ugh. Nothing on the Giants at all. Not a thing. Not even Saquon Barkley at 7,600. It's over. It's done. Saquon Barkley, the first chance he gets, he's going to come out of the game. Okay? Business. Next, we have oh, I'm sorry. On the Commander side, I actually have to make this huge announcement for the very first time ever. Maybe not ever. That's that's extreme. But for the first time this season, a Washington Commander has made my player pool. Never thought it would happen. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. Two. Two Washington Commanders have made my player pool this week, both just single plays both being picked only because they're playing such such a crappy team on the other side of the ball but Brian Robinson at 7200 he's one of those I'm just putting in the player pool and if one of my last picks has that money maybe it makes sense definitely not a preferred play by me but I actually really like Terry McLaurin this week I do the Giants defense is dead Sam Howell leads the league in pass yards why why not if not now when you know what is that what do those high school sports slogans say? Something cheesy like that. I think if it's if it's any time, it's gonna be this week. So McLaurin, again, not a preferred play by me, but if it works out, I could see him getting in a little bit. With this crazy good matchup and such a pass-friendly offense, you just kind of want a piece of this if you can. Just a little. Not a lot. All right, now next game. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. Projected point total, 40 and a half. Nothing too excited here. What's sad here is that the Jaguars' good run run offense is running right into a very good Titans run defense, right? So That kind of negates ETN. ETN is still one of the most aggressively priced running backs on this slate, 8,300. So, uh, if it works, it works, right? But that's kind of tough to start here. And then on top of that, we still got Ridley and Kirk. What the hell do you do with these guys? Well, as their prices continue to go down and as they face positive matchups – Tennessee Titans pass funnel defense. I think you still have to kind of use them a little bit. Nobody's cost me more money this year than Calvin Ridley. Probably maybe Tyler Boyd dropping a touchdown last week, but for guys that straight up haven't produced at all, Calvin Ridley's number one for me this week. And I'm still over here saying it makes a lot of sense to play him. So I like Ridley. I like Kirk. They're going to be single uses for me. I'll find where to put them. I'll I'll find them a home somewhere on the Titan side of the ball. The workload has not changed with Derrick Henry and TyJ Spears. I don't care that TyJ Spears has snaps. He doesn't get touches. So Derrick Henry, there's going to be a lot of story this week about how he feasts against the Jackson Jaguars defense perennially, but it's not really going to apply this week in that the Jags are at home and have a good run defense. I think they're ranked 15th in the league right around there on average. So Henry comes to you at a discount. I love King Henry. You know I'm going to get him in a lineup. But to, if you're kind of past it, if you're over it, I get it. I, I totally understand. I don't think you're missing anything there. Other pieces I kind of like out of this game. This game is, is the toolbox of the slate. Like, there's just a lot of pieces and parts you can pull out and use. But I really like Conquo at 4800 I like DeAndre Hawkins at 6700 Just little, little solo starts. Places to plug and go, uh, you know, throughout your lineup build. Next game, Dallas Cowboys versus Carolina Panthers. I mean, this Panthers team, it's just a dead man walking, right? I mean, the coach is totally going to be out. It's its an ugly, poorly constructed football team. And they're playing a team that has a lot of star power, right? So I think the Cowboys are just going to roll through. Don't get cute with it. Play play these guys. Play Dak Prescott. Stack him with CeeDee Lamb. And then touch other parts of this slate with that stack. Sprinkle Tony Pollard. Very liberally across your lineups. I think you're. I think you'll be good to go there. Other than that, it sucks that Jake Ferguson's at 6K. However, when it's time to enrich or or use that extra bit of salary, take a look at it. I think he's worth getting up to, but don't make it a priority. Right? It's your last thing you take care of. But Ferguson's wide receiver two in this game. I mean, he just is. Uh, that's Dak's safe zone. I like him a lot. So. All Cowboys, no Panthers, except Thielen. But Thielen is still overpriced from his big games he had a couple weeks ago. 7K, I don't see myself paying 7K for Adam Thielen. But he did make my player pool, so we'll see how it goes. Next game. This game's going to be so fun, I hope. I hope it's not a big stinker. I hope the Cardinals show up. I hope Kyler Murray runs his tail off. But Arizona Cardinals at Houston Texans, 48.5 point total. Big boy total. Kyler Murray is a gift at 7,600. Did you see him play last week? This is why it's important to watch the games. The guy looked electric. I mean, he had another one of those plays where he's just zigzagging behind the line of scrimmage for five minutes like it's NFL, like Madden. And then he runs and ends up getting a little cheeky first down. I He's fun to watch. He's fun for fantasy. And then on... On the other side, he's got a really good he's got a really good tight end to throw to now. Fifty nine hundred Trey McBride. He actually he made my player pull, and I highlighted him, which I rarely highlight tight ends. I highlighted him as a preferred player. I want me some Trey McBride. I think he's the second coming of Travis Kelsey. I truly, truly think that just after watching him through three games. So those are the only two players I actually like on the Cardinals. I took a look at all these re- receivers on the Cardinals. There should be four names that you recognize, right? You got Marquise Brown. Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch. Don't worry, none of them are over six foot tall. I That still makes no sense to me how an NFL football team has such a short wide receiver room. But at the same time, there didn't seem to be any preference from Kyler last week with any of these guys. He didn't really play with a lot of these guys too long. He didn't play with Marquise Brown too long last year before he got hurt. So kind of remains to be seen how that's going to be shaken out. And before Kyler got hurt, I played him a lot in DFS. And I just played him naked all the time. So the fact that we're just tacking on a tight end, it's it's just a naked quarterback play with Kyler Murray. On the other side, C.J. Stroud, he makes sense to play, but you got to double stack him, okay? He is one of those pass-oriented quarterbacks. So for him to hit the moon, right, we're going for 25, 30, you know, we want that upside. It only makes sense if, A, he feeds one receiver an exorbitant amount of opportunity, talking 10, 12, targets for two touchdowns that can make sense but what also makes more sense is that two of his pass catchers really do a good job have a good day so if I'm playing Stroud it's gonna be a double stack but I'm gonna see how that Kyler Murray uh stack and run back with these Texans wide receivers build goes first before I commit to both a Kyler Murray and a CJ Stroud stack or I'm sorry lineup individually and again like I said keep your eyes on Noah Brown but not for the reasons I've been saying the last couple of weeks. He's got an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced yet this week. Looks like he may miss this game. Next game, Tampa Bay Bucks, San Francisco 49ers. One of the few games that has a lot of pieces on it that routinely make the player pool, but I didn't have a lot when uh, when I was done. In fact, only Christian McCaffrey out of this game made my player pool. There's so many people to get this week, Austin. Christian McCaffrey's 10000 He's underperformed the last couple weeks given his salary. Who cares? You got to play the guy. 10K gets you 1.8X floor, that's pretty good. 10K gets you 25X, you win the slate, okay? It's a very appropriately priced player given the amount of volume. You got Tampa Bay, a Florida team coming across the country to play the 49ers. 49ers have kind of looked like dog shit. They're pretty pissed off. They want to start rolling again. And then they get Tampa Bay, an older veteran team coming over to them. I, I think they're going to chew them up a little bit, and it's going to be through Christian McCaffrey. So, we were able to see some other running backs the last couple weeks actually get some some yards down on the Tampa Bay Bucs. If you've watched any 49er games this year, you know Christian McCaffrey, matchup be damned, he is matchup proof. You got to play him. It's just a mature DFS play. All right. After that, another game. New York Jets going to Buffalo Bills. It's getting weird. These are the two most toxic franchises I feel like of the season, you got the Jets with a quarterback that they hate, and then you got the Bills with a quarterback that their wide receiver apparently hates. Who knows? So much drama out of Stephon Diggs' camp. Surely that doesn't affect the play on the field, right? Yikes. Anyway, on the Jets' side, a lot of game log researchers, oh, let me just look at his game log. How did it look before? They're going to click. They're going to see Brees Hall had some points against the Bills in week one of this season. If they didn't watch the game, they would know if they had, that Brees Hall got, I think, two-thirds of those points off a single swing pass play at towards the end of the game. So I think it's a negative matchup. And with so many options, I mean, an exorbitant amount, of, I mean, tons of options on the slate this week, it's not a time to start making concessions and hopes and prayers for players. So I think Brees Hall, what a great price at 7100 but facing a negative matchup. Yes, he's facing a negative matchup. And a negative game script, assuming the Bills handle business at home against the Jets. The Bills are still on a different level than the Jets. So I just don't have any Jets in consideration. I will say Brees Hall projected for very high ownership. So make your call on Brees Hall yourself. Don't take him for what I'm saying. But for me, so many stinking options already out there. I'm going to keep it limited. Play the guys that are in good spots this week. That's for me. Josh Allen, you play him, you stack him. You stack him with Diggs or Davis or both. I think that's smart. Dalton Kikade's really been coming up, and his price is rising up with him as he goes. So the last month, though, Dalton Kikade, let me just read it to you. Eight targets, seven targets, 11 targets, six targets, 11.5 points, 15 points, 11.1, 13.6. Austin, you're game log researching. No, I'm just telling you that without Dawson Knox in the lineup, Dalton Kikade's targets have doubled. So, a cheap option at fifty eight hundred. If you happen to be playing Josh Allen, who is a guy you can play naked, right? But Donk K is a solid option too at fifty eight hundred. All right, last game on the slate: Seattle, disappointing Seahawks, going to the Los Angeles Rams. Projected point total: forty six and a half. That's a solid total. This game could also be a high twenties game. You're going to have to take a look at it. So on the Seahawks side, they're so unpredictable. Is the problem? To me, they have four mouths to feed. Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet is coming up. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith is an average quarterback, so his his targets are not as efficient as they could be. Playing Metcalf and Lockett. Lockett's had a way better year than Metcalf. I'm getting a little tired of trying to choose the right side of that coin, if I'm being real honest. Then, speaking of right side of the coin, we got this Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet situation continuing to mount. So, Zach Charbonnet's usage... Has risen indeed for sure, and all the touts all over the place are really trying to have something to tell you by saying, Oh, yeah, it's Zach Charbonnet's backfield now. I took a look, and the usage is still two to one. Kenneth Walker, okay. Now, Kenneth Walker may be the early down back, Zach Charbonnet may be your third down back, but it's still Kenneth Walker's backfield heading into this week. It is still a high risk of change, and at the same time, they're not really heading into a good matchup anyway against the Los Angeles Rams. Anyway, so Kenneth Walker made my player pool. Charbonnet did not, and I'm going to have to make a decision whether Walker makes it or not. At this point, I'm not really sure. On the Rams side, I have some really bad news for you. You got to play Cooper Cup this week. You got to play Puka Nakua. Remember those guys? Just like the Dolphins, it feels like these guys haven't been on the main slate in a while. Oh, that's right, because Matt Stafford's been out a couple games. Well, they've had their bye week. They're coming back off a bye. Matthew Stafford's going to play again, and – just like I've done with, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even Lockett and Metcalf this year, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua—they're very high-priced, and you just got to take one, put them in one lineup, take them the other one, put them in a different lineup. Find your big your big spots. But I don't think you can just say uh, enough's enough and and really avoid these guys. You know, Seattle Seahawks are still top ten in the league against the run, but they're middle of the pack against uh, the the pass as well. So. I think that these two players, you can't ignore them. you got to get them in your lineups somewhere. Like I said, to start off the show, this is, to me, again, the most overwhelming and big slate of the season so far. Good luck to everybody. I mean it. Remember what I said to take some time between now and kickoff Sunday or even during Sunday, Sunday night, and map out when you're going to sit down and try to build your player pool and lineups for the Thursday Thanksgiving slate and for the Sunday main slate, it's really gonna come at you quick. And like I said, if you're just gonna be absolutely pumped for time, if you've got to travel a couple days with family and stuff like that, it's just not worth doing your, you know, your normal amount, you know, five, ten percent of your bankroll. Uh, it's just not worth it this week. Please, please take that break off. But hey, otherwise, let's keep it rolling. I know last week for the player pool overall, kind of a mixed bag. Let's put in the work. It's a scary adversary we have this week. That adversary is yourself. So look yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself, how good am I at fantasy football? And do your best to craft a great player pool. Put together some lineups. If you need any help at all, you can find me on Twitter, at playerpoolpod. Like I said, if I come off of anything I mentioned in this show, during my lineup construction, I will tweet it out, okay? At least of that. I am going to be held accountable by you guys. I hope to never mislead you as best I can. But at the same time, and I'll, I'll never stop saying this, the player pool process is truly about figuring out how good you truly are at fantasy football. So please, as I'm going through these players, please make your own judgments, your own observations. And and I know you're going to do that if you're making the player pool, right? Because you still have to write that player's name down. You have to apply the labels to that player's name. And you then have to pick up a highlighter or something like that and really endorse that player. So do all the steps. It'll lead you through. The steps of the player pool is really going to help cut through this weeks big slate again reach out to me if you need any help at player pool pod we will see y'all in here tuesday morning we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the player pool podcast you can find us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram at player pool pod